Jeremiah, what is the first pie you made? Well, it wasn't exactly a pie. It was a tart. (laughs) (laughs) It was a blind baked tart that was filled with pastry cream, covered with fruit and the apricot glaze. It's that, you know, the one you see at pastry shops all the time. I loved that tart. And that was the first one I made. What about you? A beautiful fresh fruit tart, right? Yeah, like kiwi, raspberries, blackberries, that sort of thing. And yeah, I loved making that tart. I love that that's your first one because I feel like that's fancy. Like you were like (laughs) apple pie. Uh, Well, what about me? Mine was basically apple pie, but it was an apple crostata. The recipe was from Ina Garten. And the idea of it being loose. Now looking back, I'm like, I feel like it's harder when they're loose. Actually, it's not like nothing was raining it in, but it felt less intimidating because pie freaked me out. So to make something that was like pie, but not pie made me feel a little more comfortable. And also kind of fancy. Or or rustic. I don't know. (laughs) I think you're being generous. You're being a little generous. Okay. So we have questions from a listener slash guest every week. And we just love this listener slash guest. To know him is to love him. And we have somebody else to ask. What was the first pie you ever made? Southern fatty. Uh, All right. So, oh my gosh. First pie. I don't know if this even counts as a pie, but I'm going to count it anyway. I know when I was a lot younger. So I grew up going to all these like church potlucks and stuff. Like that's where pies were like showcased and like where it was like the place to have, you know, a special thing. And, um, do you, I don't even know what it's called. It's basically, I think that chocolate, like, uh, pudding with like cream cheese, like folded into it. And it's just in like a simple crust. Uh, and then you just put like a bunch of cool whip on top. It's totally like all things that are, you know, out of the refrigerated aisle of the grocery store, I think, but I'm going to count it. I think, I think it totally counts. I think I made the pie crust myself. So like, I feel like if you make the crust, you can count it. 100%. It totally counts. Welcome to Flower Hour. podcast completely dedicated to baking. I'm Amanda in Los Angeles. And I'm Jeremiah in Sacramento. This episode is sponsored by So Chatty Chocolate. Okay, so Southern Fatty, aka Mr. Fatty, aka Philip, welcome back to Flower Hour. (laughs) Everyone's been asking for you and you're here. Yay. Yeah, it's been a year. It's been almost a year. That's amazing. Well, we're so happy you're here to discuss all things pie. We have so many listener questions. It's going to be epic. Yeah. So if if you guys listen to the buttercream episode, it's or episodes, I should say, because it was part one and part two. This is going to be really similar to that. We, we received so many questions that we're just going down the line. You guys produced the episode for us. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first question is from Courtney P. Figler, and they just want to know everything. 
and just buckle up because you're going to learn everything. <laughs> what a what a loaded. Uh, that's not even. A, I think we. Yeah, that's not even a question, right? No. <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, pies are weird because, like, I think you can get as kind of like buttercream. It's one of those things that you can make as simple as you want, or you can get as crazy technical as you want to. Um, which I've got a feeling maybe we'll get into a little bit of both, but um, everything. Yeah. I mean, as long as you enjoy it in the end, I think that's all that really matters. Right. Absolutely. Well said. That's a good way to start <laughs> off. Everything too. Else. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's such a technical, like stressful thing. I, I, I said at the beginning, I'm not, I don't think I'm the only one either that gets really freaked out by pie. Not so much now, but definitely those first, I don't know however many pies, they were really panicky. So that's good to remember in the end, if you enjoy eating it, it's a good pie, you know, like it's a good pie. If you're enjoying yourself, you got to keep that in mind. I think you're right. I mean, people, even people that have been baking for a long time, I have friends that are other food bloggers that really stress about pie dough, you know, something with typically like four ingredients or something. And they, and it's just can be really complicated and kind of overwhelming, but We'll get through it. We'll get there. <laughs> it's such an American dessert and there's such a mystique and kind of, I don't know, there's a history to it. And I think people kind of, they either approach it with a lot of reverence, a lot of fear or a lot of like tradition. Sure. And there's a lot of, I don't know, I think we have a lot of baggage around pie and we need to get rid of it <laughs> and just get in there and start baking. That'd be a great recipe, a baggage pie that you just, you know, <laughs> put all of your worries and everything like, yeah. No, that's true. I mean, there's definitely a stigma that comes, you know, it, it's especially like here, I'm in the South and there's such a pride, I think, in um, desserts and pie in p- particular, but um, don't let it scare you. Absolutely. Well, we're going to help you today. I think we should start with the crust questions. What do you guys think? Yeah. So we kind of have them divided up just so you guys know what's coming is we have crust, we have filling, we have free from, so like free from gluten, that kind of thing. And then questions about how to actually bake the pie. And then we have some very specific flavor and specific pie questions about specific pies. Specific, specific about pies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, crust. Let's start there. So the first question, these are all from Instagram. So if you hear the at, this person is on Instagram at G-L-O-B-A-Z-1-2-3. Do you need holes in the top of the crust? Uh, All right. See, it's going to all be complicated. I think that really depends. So when you're planning out your pie crust, I think you have to really consider what your filling is first before you um, start. So I think there is a little bit of planning that takes some time for pie making, but it's totally worth it. If you have a high water content in your filling, I think you absolutely, you need to go buy some of those weird little ceramic birds that people used to use or whatever and stick it in the middle or cut some holes. Um, So yeah, I I think generally you need holes if the filling warrants it. Um, Another good thing is if you, if you don't want to just put big slits and you want it to look a little bit different, I think that's where lattice work can come into play or, or different decorative tops. Um, the whole idea is right that you want some of the moisture from the filling to get out because it'll ruin your pie crust. So I think if you think about what you're putting inside it, you'll get the answer to that. That steam's got to go somewhere. Yeah. 
Do you know I have one of those little birds and I've never used it and I've been dying to. Maybe this year's <laughs> the year. They're so cute. Yeah, I, I've probably got one floating around here somewhere. I don't have one, but I want you guys to use it. It'll amuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you can go with the fancy lattice work on yours, Amanda, and we'll just punch a hole in the top of ours. <laughs> <laughs> At S-T-H-E-R-A-N wants to know how to avoid shrinkage. Stay out of cold water, people. <laughs> the dreaded <laughs> shrinkage. <laughs> I feel With like you've had that one in your pocket. You've been, you've been waiting for that. <laughs> Yeah, that, I think shrinkage with pie crust is probably one of the most frustrating parts of making it. Um, I, the unfortunate thing is I think there can be a few culprits for that. Um, knowing the flour that you're using is so, so important. Um, who was it recently? I think it, it might have been Rose that was talking about different types of flour with bleached and unbleached. Um, so uh, the protein content in the flour can have a lot of effects on the gluten structure. And then... Um, that combined with temperature, so not resting your crust long enough. I like to make pie dough and actually leave it in the fridge overnight. Even you might have to let it sit out at room temperature for 15 minutes so you can actually roll it out well. But um, understanding your ingredients, I think, are important. A lot of people will just grab flour off the shelf at the grocery store and not understand that even with all-purpose flours, different brands have different protein concentrations and that really does it. When you're down to these, just a few ingredients in something, it really affects it. Um, that's, I think, like a good example of that is with biscuit making. Um, a lot of Southerners swear by like white lily and it's a softer flour. It has a different protein concentration than most of your other all-purpose flours. So it's it's kind of gets a little bit technical, but um, you have to rest it. You, you can't skip out on these little steps that I think most people know that, but sometimes they think, oh, it's, it's not really necessary. But um, and don't overwork it. I mean, you're, you're developing gluten, right? When you're messing with water and flour and fat and um, you, you have to be gentle and take your time. And then I know for me, when I'm shaping it, that is another like key, key place. I, I'm with you, like letting it rest. That makes a huge difference. And then also letting the dough kind of slump into place instead of stretching it into the corners. Any stretching it's going to come back and bite you when it bakes. Like I, I feel like if you can avoid the stretching and you rest it nine times out of 10, that'll do the trick, or at least in my experience. What about you, Jeremiah? So absolutely. I agree with everything that's being said. And one way you can look at that too, when you're just rolling it out, if you're, if your pie crust kind of slinks back after you've rolled it out, that means you need that. That's, that's its shape. You need to leave it there and then, and then take it to the, the pie plate or the tart pan. Um, don't stretch anything and let it rest on the board a bit before you, you, you move it. Also, I think one way to avoid it is to freeze it. Once it's in the tart case or in the pie, the pie plate, freeze it the night before. Like Or like um, Philip said, keep it in the refrigerator. But that can really help reduce the, the shrinkage. Yeah. And it's not past saving. I will say this because used to, I just felt like I was on this runaway train. Like if I saw I was rolling the dough and it was like going out and then retracting, stretching back in, like you're talking about, I used to feel like, Oh crap. Like I just ruined this. It's just going to be what it's going to be, but you can rest it at any point. Like yeah. just go ahead then and pop it back in the fridge or let it sit on the counter for a bit. Like you said, it's not, you're, you're not on a runaway train. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and I think you'll you'll see people like um, a lot of times wrap their dough around the rolling pin and lay it on the on the the tin, and that's not just you know some chefy move. It, it's functional, right? Like Amanda said, you you need to not manipulate it um, after you've rolled it out and it's stable. So I think just transferring it, letting it fall into place is really important. Yeah. You don't want to push it. So another question from Globaz123 is how do you seal a pie to prevent it from leaking? Now I'm assuming like, are you guys thinking that's referring to the base, how you seal it? Or are you talking about the juices at the seam? Like if you're using a double crust pie? I feel like that maybe to seal a pie, I guess, what I would think of that is a double crust. So like a top, a pie with a top crust, maybe like how to seal it. So it doesn't yeah. leak yeah. out of the, that's what I'm thinking the edges, too. maybe. I don't know if that's it. If that's it, I would say that you need to attach the top crust to the base crust using some kind of wash. And, um, I prefer, um, an egg wash. Usually if I'm sealing like a top crust to a bottom, I only use, um, whites. And I don't know if it's, if it's, correct or not, but my thinking with that is that some people will use water, but I, I try to avoid that because um, your whole plan is to avoid too much steam um, inside or between the crust, right? So I think if you're using something like egg white that has protein constant, uh, content and not just water, you'll actually contribute to sticking it together instead of possibly adding water and it um, separating at that at that point. So I have not had the best luck with water. Instead, I, I use egg for almost everything with that. And I think crimping it is, I think a lot of people crimp the wrong way on the edges. So I always fold, I, I cut a little bit of excess and then fold it under itself. Um, you'll end up with kind of a little bit of extra dough around the edges of the pie. But when you're crimping or shaping that, uh, it's not... A problem. And I think a lot of people may just stick them together, trim it, and then try to crimp um, with the two layers not folded. And I that doesn't work the best for me either. That's a pro tip, people. And I remember Rose said that before is egg whites are the, the glue of the pastry chef. So that's an excellent tip in, in, to use that instead of water. Next question <laughs> at Sarah Lasova. Any tips for lattice making? So it's kind of crazy. If I don't know if I'm sure both of you have, but looking through the pictures on Instagram of people with the art that they create on top of their pies is just, it's crazy to me. Um, I would say tip wise to start with way more dough than you think you might need. Um, and then cut it always at excess. I started off trying to do like simple lattice designs and I would cut exactly what I thought would fit. And instead of letting the, the strips extend beyond the pie and it never worked. It always pulled in a little bit or something messed up. And then I got frustrated because I was trying to stick pieces back and forth together. Um, and I would say to cut the first strip of your lattice, if they're identical pieces that you're trying to match and use that first one as your guide for cutting the others. Um, for some reason, even with like a ruler on the counter, I cannot cut two pieces to be the same width for anything. And <laughs> I had really good luck just sticking the other piece above or, or even on top if you're not doing kind of a, an edge, you know, a jagged edge or something that needs to be um, lined up perfectly. But um, 
using that as your guide. And I mean, you, you've got to keep everything cold too. So that's going to pop up several times. Everything has to stay cold, right? So. Okay. I love that tip of using one lattice piece as the guide for the others. Cause I'm the same. Anytime I measure, I think it's cause like when I roll my cutter across the dough scoots a bit and then like they yeah. gradually change size. So I love using one as a guide. That's a great tip. And I would say, I mean, just remember that kind of like we started with, it's going to, it takes a lot of practice to get things to be as beautiful as they are on Instagram. Right. So, um, I read a lot about tips from people. I know that Rose has uh, her pie and pastry Bible book, which is amazing for tips for um, for lattice and crimping and that kind of work too. So learn from everyone else and just uh, you just have to do it a lot. Oh, here's my favorite way to do lattice is to actually assemble the lattice on a parchment-lined baking sheet. Yes. So, so much easier. And that way I then I chill it so the butter is now firm and then, I will usually take one of those giant cake spatulas and then just place it, use that to place it on top of the pie. Um, but there's, you could get creative with how you get it on there. Um, and also sometimes I actually use the, like you were saying, using your first strip of pie as the guide. I just put the ruler on top of the pie dough and just cut alongside the ruler. Yeah. I think a lot of people just place it above it and try to line it up and you, you don't have to, I have a kitchen ruler that is, a you know, a stainless steel ruler that I put in the dishwasher when I'm done with it. And exactly. I just, I stick it straight on top of the dough and just trim straight up on the side of the metal. So Me don't too. be scared, pull out the tools. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have a question from Cindy dot Ray, R A H E. I'm, or is it Rahe? Rahe Ray. I don't know. <laughs> Cindy. Let us know, Cindy. <laughs> anyway, so her question is, this is a preference question. I'm curious for all of us, uh, tender or flaky crust? I'm going to be complicated. It depends on the filling, right? Like I would lean towards probably a sweeter, like all butter, tender. Well, it's still flaky, right? A flaky crust for desserts. But when it comes to a little bit more savory options, or if you're using more earthy flours, like buckwheat or something in your crust, I would opt for probably a crumblier, like tender crust instead. So I guess flaky with sweet and then tender with everything else. That's my sticking to it. What do you think, Jeremiah? That's a hard one. I think sometimes I want a mix of both. Um, I was thinking of Rose's cream cheese pastry and it's kind of a good mix of flaky and tender. Um, but I think I'm with you, Philip. I, it depends on the pie and the filling. I think and it reminds me, what Amanda, what you say about buttercream, like thinking what type of buttercream would, you know, support the type of cake would pair well. So I think you've got to think about that as well with your pie filling. Amanda? Yeah. I felt the same too. I was like, I want both. That was my first reaction. I was like, do I have to choose? I want both. And then I, then I started to think about it from like, if I had to give up one or the other, I'd say I'd give up flaky before I'd give up tender because tough, flaky that sucks. It's not good, you know? And That's I've so had true. those crusts before where they're still flaky, but they're just kind of like hard to get through with your teeth. So if I had to pick one, I would say tender. Give me that tender. I think you can have both though. I'm, I'm just going to be the kind of, yes. I'm going to go against the flow. If you do it correctly and you really put some effort into it and think about your ingredients, I think you can have a flaky crust that is just as tender as kind of a crumbly one. So yeah practice maybe absolutely yeah <laughs> but i'm happy to try all of them for everyone so like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Today's episode is sponsored by So Chatty Chocolate. And So Chatty sent us some of their chocolate, and we've gotten to play with it. And I'm dying to know, Amanda, what did you make? Well, since So Chatty is single origin, kind of similar to a really nice bottle of wine or a really beautiful pound of coffee, it has these really great flavor notes. I wanted to keep it simple. So I made a mousse tart which is really just the cream and the chocolate mixed together so I could get all those delicious flavor notes to shine. What did you make? Similar to you, I made a chocolate ganache, but I layered it into a buckwheat crepe cake. So I wanted to show off those unique flavors as well. Now, So Chatty is really special. There's only three ingredients, cocoa beans, organic cane sugar, and organic cocoa butter that make up this delicious chocolate. And that's not the only thing that's unique about it. I thought it was really interesting that it came in a pouch, right? It's different, yeah. something I hadn't seen before. But I learned that the reason they do that is because air can actually deteriorate the quality of a chocolate. So they're protecting their precious chocolate in this pouch. And they're resealable. So you take the cap, and if you don't use all the chocolate, you just screw it back on and store it at room temperature. And then warming it is very easy. Once it's become solid again, you just put it in a bowl of warm water, you'll have gorgeous melted chocolate. All right, so So Chatty is available on Amazon. You can learn more about it on their website, SoChatty.com. And we have a discount code for you if you're buying some on Amazon. It's 25 Flower Pod, so 25-F-L-O-U-R-P-O-D. That's for 25% off, which is roughly $5 off. At Knitter Jen loves food processor for her crust. She recently tried using a pastry knife and it was a tough failure. What do you That's guys wrong. use? What do you guys use? Are you are you food processor? So no, I'm not. And um, but I'm not a pastry cutter or pastry knife person either. I get so frustrated with having to clean that thing out and deal with all the little bits in there that <laughs> I just don't usually deal with it. I don't really care for the food processor um, just because I think it's so important to have different sizes of fat in the crust. And it's so much more difficult to me to, I'm, I'm kind of flighty. So like I might pulse the thing a few times and then get distracted and, and do something else and end up with all of the butter being or fat being like pea sized. And I think to have a really good crust, you need some large pieces and some small pieces uh, for different reasons. And I think just doing it by hand is so easy. Once you figure out how to do it, it doesn't take you any time. You don't have to clean the food processor, which is a pain. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm, I'm going to go old school and just say by hand. And that is what I'm sticking with. Preach. <laughs> it's so easy like it's I think people think it's difficult and that but if everything stays cold it really does not take more than a, a few minutes to make to to get your your fat incorporated to the flour um, there's one exception I will say um Kenji from Serious Eats actually did a recipe and and showed where he made a pie crust using a food processor but he would blend the flour with the fat um, completely into almost like a paste, no water yet. And then he would add some additional dry flour and then would add the hydration to the liquid. And 
I've tried it and it's probably one of the most incredible pie crust recipes I've, I've done. So if I feel like getting the food processor dirty, that's what I'll do. And it, it's a really smart, there's a huge article. If you want to get really nerdy, um, it kind of talks about how fat impedes gluten formation at different, and you have different amounts of surface area with this, that technique and that process. But, um, otherwise I just don't want to clean stuff. So I'm just, I'm just lazy. Tell us where that article is. That I think was on serious eats. Love um, serious eats. Love. Yeah. So, um, and who was the author? Jay Kenji. Uh, yeah. Lopez. All, so that did food lab and everything else. Um, Got it. Just, just really it, it intense and kind of that. That's a really good article. It gets rid of some of the myths I think about pie making. So, um, if you want to get nerdy, which is what I enjoy, you can look it up. <laughs> we can link that probably, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. And another, my other favorite serious, serious, yes, yeah, serious eats author is Stella Parks Breakheart. And her pastry recipe is one of has been my go-to recently. Have you tried that, Philip? I have. She's incredible. What she, do you think? Yeah, it, it's great. It's awesome. Yeah, that's a it's a great one. I think it's she calls it no stress, um, and it takes out some of the kind of resting times that you would have at the beginning of the process. You can kind of get it right into the pie plates right away. So I, I think a lot of this you need to start out with a good recipe. Right. So I think trust these recipes that we're going to throw at you today. And that that's going to lead you to success. I agree. Jeremiah, do you do pastry cutter or food processor? I'm curious. I, I mm-hmm. sometimes will use that cutter because my mom did, but I love getting my hands in there. There's certain things about baking, right? That people have been doing for centuries, like kneading bread, like making pastry. And when you get your hands in there, there's just kind of takes you back. You know, it just, it feels, you feel more connected. Um, and I will say one tip about if you have warm hands and you're worried about that, just dunk them in some ice water before you start. Yeah. Oh, great tip. But what about you? Um, I'm all about the cutter, not about the food processor. Just exactly what Philip said. Like I am really flighty. So I feel like I run the risk. If I can avoid using machine, I do. Part because of the sound, part because of the cleaning, and then part because if I get distracted, I feel like it'll overwork it. Whereas with the cutter, I, you know, I'm visibly like, looking at the, you know, the mix the whole time. So I'm not going to accidentally <laughs> over process it. And I love the cutter just because of like the therapy of it. I feel it's very pleasurable to me to like target those big pieces of butter. Like I'm going to get you, you know, and chop. It is just really fun for me. So <laughs> I'm not going to let the food processor take my joy. <laughs> so I will yeah. say one I'm going to, I'm going to make an argument for, for doing it with by hand is I think it gives you the ability to really squeeze the fat into the flour and create yeah. almost like little discs. And I think from making pie crust over and over and over, um, having a good amount of those kind of nickel size discs of fat along with like pea size, um, fat makes for such a more, like it gives you a better, Flaky finish, I guess. That'd be a good blog name too, right? Flaky finish. Um, totally. But um, <laughs> I, I think that for me at least, the, the pastry cutter doesn't smash it as much as I want. But uh, Gotcha. Well, I'll say I do get in there at the end. So I do the pastry cutter and then once the liquid's in, from there, it's all hands. And I Great do the um, 
Dory, Dory, yeah, uh, Dory um, Greenspan. I think it, she said it's called frisage or something. It's yeah, like the French way right. of finishing. So I use the heel of my palm to then smear the butter a bit and kind of crush those pieces that that were created. So, yeah. do you approve now, Mister Fatty? Please say I, yes. I, <laughs> I want to circle back though to she said she had a tough product making the pastry by hand. And I'm wondering if her fat was too warm, if I think there was an element of, wow. the, of what was going on with the temperatures or the ingredients that caused you to have a tough pastry. Um, Cause maybe too I much find, liquid. Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. Cause I would, I would think more often people would have temperature issues using uh, unless they do it quickly, but I know I've used a food processor before and taking, and taken too long to do it. And I feel like that friction tends to warm up the fat a little bit more than a pastry um, knife would do. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I would think the problem is probably coming from somewhere else. It's probably coming from how it was worked afterwards. Because if you do proper handmade pastry, it's, I think it's going to be flakier than the food processor. Yeah, I agree. You know what? By hand, it doesn't come together at, in, into like a right. dough until you do right. kind of get right. in there. And right. I'm wondering, and, and I've done this before where I'm like, oh, this recipe's wrong. It needs more water. Exactly. Yeah. Because it does it look doesn't. so dry. But if you just keep pressing it, then it, it magically comes together. So I wonder if by hand it was like, oh, let's put a little more water and maybe that, maybe that caused it. I don't know. I think, I think overhydrating dough is probably the most common pie mistake. Absolutely. Make at home because they just, they see this, it's similar to biscuits. Again, I keep bringing up biscuits for some reason, but um, it's similar, right? Because it, it really doesn't, you have to squeeze it together and it's, not until the very end of the process that that happens. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably a good possibility. And another way I like to squeeze it together is that once you've gotten it all incorporated in the bowl is to dump it all into a large Ziploc and then you can knead from the outside of the bag and then shape it. And it's already in its bag. Oh yeah, that's great. That in the refrigerator. It's a nice way to, to knead without getting your hands in there. And another way to keep it slightly cooler slightly cooler. Yeah, that's a good that's so smart. Oh, I love that. Okay. Uh, displaced housewife. Miss her. Hi, Rebecca. Oh, Hi, Rebecca. Becky. <laughs> love you. Uh, she asks, what's your favorite pie dough for getting crafty with crust design? Oh, gentlemen. Also her cookie book is amazing. Just so y'all know. I mean, every, well, you all know, we love but it. it's, she's a great blogger. Um, funny, random story. Um, I actually ordered that cookie book and they sent me um, another book called the cookie book. That's from the sixties. And it's this really old, like, um, <laughs> like super old, like, you know, tiny thin cookie cookbook thing. And I sent her a picture of it and said, Hey, I ordered your book and this came, but I should do a comparison of those cookies and hers. But anyway, um, so yeah. <laughs> what was it? Favorite dough for getting for crust? With, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really make different doughs, but um, I definitely vary the thickness of the dough for what I'm doing. So my, I try to have the bottom crust for a pie to be much thinner than like a decorative top. Um, I think that will give you um, better results and then structure. Um, and I think if you have better structure and it's easier to work with, you'll have um, a better end product too. But yeah, I don't, I don't really vary the crust itself or the pie dough. Um, 
I think as long as you kind of learn the basics of how to work with, with different doughs and, and temperature regulation, I think it works pretty well. But I would say make the top thinner for sure, or thicker, sorry, for sure. Have you gotten crafty, Amanda? Um, I have not. I don't have a recipe or any tips. I haven't gotten crafty. I feel like it's something I should do sometime. Like Instagram makes me feel like, you know, are you really a baker if you haven't gotten crafty with pie crust? But I don't want to. Is that an acceptable answer? Just like, I don't want to. I look at it and I'm like, no, I'm not in the mood to do that. So I just haven't. What about you, Jeremiah? I have done a little bit and I used Stella Park's recipe and it worked really well. I I wasn't sure how it was going to go. And I, I think it was... Last year, I did some plaiting or braiding um, for the top of a pie, and it worked great. But I'm I'm kind of with you, Amanda. So many people are doing it, and it's really fun to see what they're up to. But I kind of just want to eat the pie. <laughs> yeah, I'll poke up, you know, do polka dots on the top or something, and I'm good to go. Like, I feel happy with that. And I'm also a huge fan, like, from an eating perspective of a crumble top or or even yeah. cookie dough baked on top is so good to me that I just, I can't give that up. I just can't give that up. Do you know up. one thing I love, and my mom does this a lot, she will cut out shapes with the, the dough, and then, like, she'll do leaves this time of year, yeah. and she'll make this beautiful, like, tapestry of cut out leaves on top of the pie. It's gorgeous and, and very easy. So pretty. Okay, that's a... Maybe maybe that's a little more of a foray into getting crafty. Yeah, I'm kind of go. I'm kind of the same way with cake though. Like where you make all kinds of fancy pretty cake. Yeah, that just seems so involved to me that I don't do it very often. Where to me, like I can pull a pie dough out of the freezer and just roll it out and immediately have something to decorate. So I don't know. I, it's it's funny how different personalities like different things like that. Totally. That's why we need to all have a dessert party together yes. because <laughs> fill in the gap. All compliment. <laughs> exactly. I'll bring the cake. Yeah, I'm yeah, so you happy. Do that. Get cra- I'll get crafty there, <laughs> and you guys can bring some uh, crafty pies. <laughs> all right. So at JM, oh gosh, Brand Bradel, JM Bradel, fear of too much fluid and overtaxing results in a re- unreliable crumbly dough. Tips, please. <laughs> I would say some people are afraid you need, oh, this is going to sound weird, you need to knead the dough, right? Um, people, I think, are afraid to work the dough enough. Sometimes it, it's too much, but I think because of that fear and everyone telling them constantly, um, don't work the dough too much, it'll be terrible. I think a lot of people don't actually incorporate it well enough um, if they're too scared. But, um, yeah, I mean... I would say if you're using the right flour mix, um, like I only use bleached flour for pie dough, which is kind of odd, but um, I think I think it was Rose that mentioned that. Um, it might have been one of your other guests, but um, the protein con- content is a little bit different for that. And um, I think that that gives you the structure that you need to not be really crumbly and actually hold together and then i think find a recipe that you like and just stick with that one recipe until you get your te- uh, technique down i think that's really important and not jumping around to a bunch of them so find one like stella's recipe that's really reliable and then keep making it until you get the product you like and then start venturing into um, some other ones i think 
I have two things to say about this. One is use a recipe. Well, this is my advice, and everyone can disagree. That's fine. <laughs> but find a recipe that uses a fixed water amount. Yes. It kind of kills me when it's like one to two tablespoons or a qu- whatever. I mean, that's when danger happens. So find someone who's like, it is exactly this amount of water to the gram, yeah. and you know you're going to be good. You don't have to doubt yourself. But do you remember Mr. Alt- Alton Brown from the olden you yeah. know, Food Network days? He would use a squirt bottle to add water gently. So if you're doing one of those recipes where you have to, you know, kind of add a little more, feel it out, instead of, you know, drip, accidentally t- tipping too much in, use a squirt bottle. Bottles. So you're just misting in a tiny bit and see if that, that helps you. Yeah, there's no reason you can't add water after you've rolled out your, your or tried to, to press your dough together. A lot of people, I think, think that, oh, I've ruined it. I've got to start over. You can add water in, in small amounts. I'll, I'll take similar to like a spray bottle, I'll just take my hand and dip it in some water and have my fingertips wet and kind of um, splash it on and then work it in a little bit. And you can recover a lot of, a lot of crust that way. Yes. That's what yes. I've got to say about that. <laughs> and then I would say too, like, cause, cause I've been in this spot where I'm like, do I add another tablespoon? And then I do, and then I work it. And then I start worrying through this process of figuring out the fluid. Did I work the dough too much? just rest it more back to that whole resting thing. Like you can still recover, but don't take it from that and then think, Oh, I'm going to roll it out, put it in there and bake it. It will shrink to high heaven. If you've, you've done that extra working, but if you just rest it for a little bit, it'll chill, it'll chill out. And I think if you're weighing things, which I can't preach enough and I know ever (laughs) most bakers realize that, but um, if you're weighing out the flour and not measuring it, um, Good point. By by a cup. It, it, there's so many recipes for, and it's, I understand people get frustrated with that sometimes with home baking because they don't want to to have to get extra things to do that, but they're really cheap. And one scale will do so much for you for baking. But when it comes down to pie dough, you're, it's just a ratio to flour and, and water and fat. And you, if you're weighing that every time, it's so much more consistent and you if you measure out a cup just by scooping, um, you're not going to have a clue how maybe you did too much, maybe you did too little, and that's not really going to help you learn what you need to do to correct things in the future, right? Because you don't know what your actual uh, values are. So I think you got to weigh it. That's a good point for to help you with troubleshooting. Okay, so A.M. Fair, A.M. Fair says, is butter leakage inevitable in pie crust? I pre-bake my frozen pie crust for chicken pot pie, and I always get, and then Instagram cuts off the question after it's a certain length, but I'm assuming I always get leakage. So what do we do about butter leakage? I would say temperature is probably a big, but she said said it was frozen. Um, So I think you're going to get a little bit. If you have an all-butter crust, um, Part of it might be, too, is the pan that, that you're baking the crust in. I do not use the thick ceramic pie pans anymore. And the reason for that is that I saw so much variation in um, when I was blind baking um, or not blind baking, specifically with not blind baking it. Um, it did not work out well. I use a really thin um, aluminum kind of style pan that will conduct heat very quickly and actually cook the crust at a rate. I think if you're cooking it too slowly, if it's insulated by a a really thick pan, uh, the butter's just going to melt before everything else starts to cook and it will not um, 
cook at the at the right timing. So I would use tempered glass or, or aluminum instead. Uh, I know they're really pretty, but I don't think they work well. And I've had a lot of leaking problems when I've used thicker pans like that. I was doing research last night and I found the exact same things. Pastry chef said, don't use those beautiful ceramic things, tempered glass or exactly what you said, Philip. Well said. Or check your, and check your oven temperature too. Put a little $5 oven thermometer in there because most home ovens are way off and you're probably cooking things at the wrong temperature and don't even know it. So at the jam lab, love you too. Aww. What's the best way not to get a soggy bottom? <laughs> oh, it, it had to be in there. Soggy bottom. We could not. Get <laughs> this episode is sponsored by So Chatty Chocolate. Part two of the pie episode coming soon. Be sure to subscribe to Flower Hour on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you're enjoying your time with us, leave us a review. We'd appreciate it.